Welcome back to another episode of the College Football Overdrive Podcast. My name is Fred Perdue. I'm one of your hosts. We got a little bit of substitute teacher action here with a teacher I know. Or, ooh, did I tell the secret too quickly? What's going on, Shane? Not much, Fredman. Nice to uh, nice to be on. You guys rocked it all year, so uh, appreciate it. I know people have been listening and enjoying it, so happy to be here. Definitely, definitely. Um, my guy, Rick Brown, he he's on a bit of a vacation this week, so the show doesn't stop. We just can't keep on bringing the guests on. And this one kind of was a long time coming because we were the season's over. Uh, we we kind of we have Georgia national champions back to back. We've had a, lo- a great year, a lot of great players, things like that. You're the NFL draft guy. And I, we backstory we got it first off let's pay some bills real quick make sure you go follow the show on twitter cfb overdrive you can follow myself on twitter at uh, fred produce cfb shane where can they find you as well as your site yeah you can find me on twitter at shane p hallam and obviously if you're subscribed here then you're listening to the w marketplace uh with kane and nelly but uh draftcountdown.com is my website is my nfl draft website and so if you're listening to this, I'll just release the seven-round mock draft for 2023. You can check it out. Definitely, definitely good stuff. A uh, little backstory, you know, for the folks out there that may not be super, super familiar with me and Shane uh, as a tandem here. Me and Shane, we met about, what, maybe 2010, 20, yeah, 2009, was- something like that. I stumbled upon Draft Countdown back when you and – and Scott Wright were doing it, and when Scott was holding it down, and I was like, "Man, what is this? What is this draft thing? This is other people actually like the NFL draft, like I do. Really <laughs> cool." So I started paying attention, and then I kind of, we when Twitter happened, we reached out on Twitter. We got a chance to meet you in person way back in what was it, 2012, 2011, 2011, actually. I think, 2011 yeah. Senior Bowl, the the Geno Smith. AJ McCarron no show senior bowl. Yeah, that one. Still got that helmet, by the way. Still got that signed uh, helmet. Yeah. yeah, holding on to it. There's some guys left. Just a few. Just a few. Um, but yeah, got a got a chance to to meet you and a couple other great guys. And um ever since we've just been kind of rocking together, man. It's every now and then we have you, uh, whether regardless of the of the show that I've been on, I've always made sure you've been a, sh- a friend of the show. We talk a little draft. They don't they don't know our conversations outside of outside <laughs> of the show if they only knew. <laughs> yeah. For real. I can't give every opinion because ooh, I have some. Yeah. But um I dibble and dabble in the, the real NFL stuff too. So um, but this show is not we're not gonna get too deep. We're, this is just a bit of a check-in, a postseason check-in on some of your favorite uh players and and, and teams if you are a NFL fan where your where your favorite player could land possibly what are they doing and just an overall look and get you kind of prepped for that whole NFL draft process because that's an entire season in itself and it's where it's that bridge between the college season or the college game and the NFL yeah and look I know we have a lot of fantasy players listening too and you know it, draft capital is like in terms of predicting NFL success is the best thing, right? The guys that get drafted higher generally do better. Yeah, we have mm-hmm. busts, but if you want to look at fifth, sixth, seventh rounders, they're almost all busts, right? So I think that's important to look at too is, you know, when, when we're projecting these college guys that you've been talking about all year, um, 
where they're going to go in the draft. If they go high, they're more likely to succeed. Very, very, very true. Uh, there are gems. I know everybody's going to say, well, Tom Brady was a, was, <laughs> was pick 199. Look, there's one Tom Brady. Well, Drew Brees went in the second round. He went 33rd. I mean, what else do you Thir- think? 32nd. He actually would have been oh, a first round pick. I'm sorry, 32nd. He actually would have yeah. been a first round pick had yeah. you know, there been enough yeah, teams had we had, that a, had a Texans team been around at a certain point. So, yeah. So, there are – and there are really good players at the in the middle and late rounds. I mean, Tyreek Hill, he's a stud. Um, but those – he was he would have probably been first, second, third round pick anyway. But we have off the field issues and things like that. So, um Generally speaking, your top 100 guys are always really, really good players. So just kind of playing around, looking around. I love, you know, checking in with Draft Countdown. So just to kind of go and look at your your big board, your your rankings right now. So and we're not going to go super far down, but just some recognizable names in the top five, obvious names in the top five. Will Anderson, edge rusher, Alabama, of course. C.J. Stroud, my guy, Ohio State. Um, I've said I've been on him for two years, and I've said he'd be the number one pick. Uh, I've gone that far. I love we. You know how much I love CJ Stroud. Yeah. Um, Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama, former Heisman Trophy winner. You also know how I feel about him too. Um, Jalen Carter, the absolute beast defensive lineman, and back to back national champion for the Georgia Bulldogs, and rounding it out, one of my favorites, Miles Murphy. Uh, edge rusher from Clemson. This is a pretty good group. Very pretty good group um, overall. How do you feel about this draft class and coming from this college season? I, I think it's an intriguing draft class because the, the strengths are different than we've had the past few years. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think this draft class, we're going to have a really strong edge group. I have five edge rushers in my top 15. We're going to have a strong corner group. I, you know, I have two corners in my top 12 um, and you know a couple that have just been w- moving up the board like Devin Witherspoon from Illinois that could keep moving up. So I, I think, you know, that I think that's big when we talk about the top of the draft. And then I think the positions, the skill positions outside of quarterback are pretty, pretty deep. I think running backs, maybe the deepest group I've ever scouted. Um, just, you know, so many guys went back to school and now they're, they're coming out and we have an elite player like Bijan Robinson. So you have running back filled, I think wide receiver, you have multiple first round picks and, and teams need those receivers. That's pretty deep tight end. Or have seen some mock drafts with two, three tight ends in the first round. That's pretty unheard of uh, today. So I think it's a unique group and, and obviously we're seeing a lot of the guys that had were on successful teams, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Georgias, um, you know, go pretty high. But there's also some good gems out there for some of the teams that maybe underperformed too. Very, very true. Uh, very true. You mentioned running back and a guy that you really like. I wasn't the biggest fan, but I'm not always – I'm also – one of those I don't necessarily like taking running backs high because you can go find a Ramondre Stevenson in the middle to late rounds. I mean, I'm just throwing out a guy, you know, but a successful player. Um, but this running back class is really, really deep. I mean, you have guys like Zach Evans, who I remember when he was coming out of high school. I, I'm one of the recruiting people. I love seeing where these guys start. I love watching their high school tapes and I'm like, oh, he'll be good. He'll be good. And then and the guys at the top typically are. 
Uh, but in the guys that are not, it's very few and far between that you find a gym. But you do have it, and it's all scheme and and coaches, and hopefully you don't jump into that that dreaded transfer portal, um, like a Zach Evans did when he was at TCU. Imagine, um, but guys like Zach Evans, Bijan Robinson, Sean Tucker, um, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby, who kind of disappointed me a bit throughout his career. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, who I, I, I actually pegged him as being Dalvin cook light when he came out of high school, uh, when he went to Georgia tech. So talk about the running back class. I know some of us love running backs early and then some of us say, nah, I'm good. I'll take one in like the fourth round. Well, I think it's been a little while since we've really had an elite running back worth, worth that. Cause I think you're right. Teams are devaluing the position in terms of, drafting them high. The one thing that is nice about now about taking a running back in the first round is you get that fifth year option. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to pay the second contract until year six, which a lot of teams I think are some teams are hesitant to do. Some teams are not for better or for worse. But um, so I think that is a benefit. And I don't think we've really had a guy like Bijan Robinson probably since Saquon Barkley to, to really have an elite Running back, um, I don't think Bijan's as athletic as Saquon is, but uh, you know, one thing I always say is when you have a, a five-star recruit who dominated in high school, comes into college, dominates from day one as a freshman, he's going to be good in the NFL, right? And so, like Bryce Young, Bijan, we have a, a number of those players in this draft. Like Bijan Robinson, probably is worth a pick. Do I think he's going to go top ten? Probably not. Maybe, maybe Philly at ten. Just, just has the luxury to take him but i do think I, I think he'll be a first round pick i think jameer gibbs from alabama you mentioned that pass catching ability it, it's it's so important in the nfl now so i i think when you look when teams look at running back they're not just looking at running back they're looking at an offensive weapon is can we line this guy up in the slot can we uh, move him in motion um i think it's where jameer gibbs and then who i predict will be the rb3 off the board devin a chain the running back from texas a&m 5'9", 185, like who wants a running back that's 185 pounds? He's going to run in the four twos. He's he's He was one of the fastest players in the country in high school. I remember. He, he, he I is. remember the, that, that game against Texas State. Don't remind me. Yeah, yeah I mean, So he's probably going to be a high second-round pick, and it's not that you're taking him to be a running back, but we've actually finally saw at Texas A&M this year, Devin Achain, get, get a full workload, run between the tackles, block, and he – was much better than 185 pound running back should be at all those things. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. I, I like, I like Zach Evans. I like Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. I think they're going to go a little bit lower in the draft than I would take them. Um, but we have guys like Zach Charbonnet, UCLA, you know, 220 five star, uh, went to Michigan transfer there. He's going to go day two. Chase Brown from Illinois carried that offense this year. Um, uh, you know, you mentioned Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby. I think Roshan Johnson, the backup of Texas, is going to be drafted higher than a lot of these starters that were a lot more productive than he was. It's not a, a fault of his own. Former quarterback, um, team leader. Uh, I think Roshan Johnson has a, a shot. He's probably going to go in the top 100. Um, round three could be a starter in the NFL. Definitely, definitely. And I think the running back position is very interesting because – the days of the 6'1", 
220-pound running back that takes 25 carries a game, just straight ahead, smashing into the – no, those guys don't exist anymore. There's it, there's a different flavor of running back for any need that you want. You could have a Rashad White, for example, from last year, Arizona State, where he is a – he's a Le'Veon Bell type. He's a – he can run between the tackles, catch the football. He's a bigger, longer guy. But he can do a little bit of everything, but he's not a super freak athlete. You can get a Deuce Vaughn, who is a bit of a Darren Sproles type. You can line him out wide. You can do a little. You can do kickoffs, kickoff return, punt return. You can be. A, he can do a little bit of everything. Give you just put the ball in his hands, and we saw him against Alabama take one for eighty, and he ran away from Alabama players. So. You and some of one of my favorites, actually, um, Israel Banacanda from Pitt. He's an actual athlete that he can do a little bit of everything. Will he go top three rounds? No, probably not. But you can find a gem in him and putting him on special teams, giving him opportunity to just put the ball in his hands. People plays is what we call it. And those type of running backs have lots and lots of value. Um, they don't all have to look like Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry, right? Right. I, I think there's room in the NFL. We're, like you said, we're moving away from that 30 carry a game running back. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're going to see this year a lot of teams that we don't expect to draft running backs draft running backs. And the, the thinking is we want two guys now, even if you have a Derrick Henry, even if you have a Dalvin Cook, they're getting older. I want another running back that can take 10, 12 carries in a game. So I'll take one in round three, make sure I get a guy, you know, that's good and can do that right off the bat. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to guess we get at least eight, maybe up to 10 running backs drafted in the first three rounds. I think it's going to be some of the most that we've seen um, in a long time for the NFL draft. And I think early round four, we saw Damian Pierce go last year. I think early round four has become a good spot to take a running back. Tyler Algier uh, for the Falcons went early fifth round where teams are, you know, you can still get a guy that's productive and can start for you. So I, I, I'm with you. Like, I think I'm with you on a, on a Benicanda. I think he could be a starter. Kenny McIntosh of Georgia uh, mm-hmm. had a really successful season. So yeah, like my top 15 running backs, Tajay Spears from Tulane, a top 15 running backs, I think all could be contributors in the NFL. And, and that's as good as you could hope for today in the NFL, because you're going to have two or three running backs sharing some things. Now, the offensive side of the ball, that's where everything is. Um, everybody wants the next Tyree Kill, the next um, Jalen Waddle. Heck, well, we're talking, we, we have guys now that as far, even at the tight end position, it's even changing like crazy and everyone loves the sexy skill positions but i'm old school so i'm gonna i'm just gonna go there and you know where i'm going the offensive line this offensive line group across all five positions is a pretty deep group um one in particular that i've been a big fan of uh since his time in high school one Paris johnson jr six eight three thirty he is a just a monster. I remember seeing him coming out and I said, why do you have to go to Ohio state? You can go anywhere else, but now I'm forced to watch you at Ohio state, much like (laughs) CJ Stroud. Um, But this offensive tackle group, we can start there. Pretty good group, pretty good group. Peter Skaronsky, Broderick Jones from Georgia, um, Jalen Duncan, Maryland, and, and Anton Harrison at Oklahoma. 
this group is a just a loaded group and they all kind of do a little something different. It, it, it's, it's a very unique group. I, once again, I think the boards for teams are going to be wildly different of who they have as the top tackle. I think you're going to have people that love Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Um, if I had to make a bet as the first offensive tackle off the board, I'd, I'd bet on him. Um, just an outstanding season and lead blocking out in the open. He's strong. He has some of that athleticism, but then you have the upside of Paris Johnson. I, I, I really like him. I think he was more inconsistent than the rest of these offensive tackles. There, there's there's some bad reps out there that he had, but there are mm-hmm. some absolutely amazing ones. When you have a guy that can move at that size, like, okay, I can coach him up, get him a little bit better. And, I mean, this is a franchise left tackle. So if, if you're willing to do that, I think that's huge. Uh, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, he's going to be – I think there's going to be a lot of debate over him because he, what I'm hearing is his arms – not only are short, but like super short, like this isn't, you know, this is worse than Rashawn Slater. Um, we're talking to the 32 inch mm. range. So you move him to guard maybe, um, or is he falling the draft as a team? Like, you know, the Steelers, that doesn't care as much about the the length and the, the ideal take him and lock him in the left. Hand. I mean, once he got 18 years old, he was stonewalling guys that chase young, you know, you know, he was stonewalling guys that are in the NFL and are really good. So um, I think that's tough. And yeah, Antoine Harrison's moving up from Oklahoma. I, I've been a fan of his from the beginning, been pumping him up on the draft countdown podcast. And then um, another potential first round name to look for is Cody mock, the offensive tackle out of North Dakota state. Uh, he has, he has two, he has basically has two teeth in his mouth. You know, he's, he's six, ah, five. I remember he's, him. He's I nasty. Him. Yes, he, he is. is. He, he is. He is like, man, so physical. So I think teams will like that too. It's uh, yeah. You know, it's a good offensive tackle group. I also, th- I think there's some depth. I think there's a lot of these offensive tackles that I have at OT that might move inside, even might move it to center. Um, it's a pretty versatile group as well. Now the, the skill positions, because we know everyone loves the sexy skill, the pass catchers, right? Um, my guy was Jackson Smith and Jigba dating back to last year. He didn't play much at all. Let's get it out the way. Where do you see him? Because there's a lot of debate. Can, is he just a slot guy? Is he Can he play outside? Is he made of glass? I think he has the best first step out of every receiver here. And I can make an argument if anybody not named, he's better than everyone else not named Quentin Johnston, but there's a lot of debate on him. There is a lot of debate. I think the combine or pro day, if he he might opt out of the combine, is going to be crucial for his draft stock. I think people just want, teams are just going to want to get some, uh, to feel better about Jackson Smith and Chigba because you can, you put on a film, like you said, First step off the line, route running. I mean, being in the slot, he is—he gets open every single play. Uh, all his routes look the same. You never know what he's going to do. I always love that little stuff where where a receiver can sell you on a completely different route and run something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he does every time. So I, I don't think not playing this year is going to hurt him. Like, I don't think it matters. The hamstring will be fine. Um you know, the injury is not long-term and it's, it was one injury, not, not multiple. I, I think it's going to be weight. You know, does he come in at 200 pounds? Is he coming over that? And then, you know, does he run? If, if he runs, I think a four five Oh, or, or faster then 
I think there's a chance he's the first receiver off the board. If he runs a four, five, five or slower, then he's falling to round two. I think that's going to be the biggest question. There's is this a diff- Michael Thomas situation? It, I hate saying it because Michael Thomas is really, really good. But we we saw the issues with him too, and the connections there. Ohio State receiver, very much a one-trick pony. I mean, I think it could be. I think that JSN has the outside ability. I mean, I remember Justin Jefferson getting painted with the slot, you know, um, the, the only a slot guy because that's what he played when Jamar Chase was there. Um, you know, I, I think JSN can do both. But worst case scenario, if, if the worst case is getting Michael Thomas, I think a team will be pretty happy, to be honest. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I love I love Jackson Smith and Jig, but just the and the crazy thing is he might not be the best receiver on his own team. That's that's the silly part. Probably not. Probably <laughs> I mean, not. we got to wait one more year for Marvin Harrison Jr. So um, but there are some other good ones. Jalen Hyatt had a hell of a year with Tennessee. I mean, he's a track guy. Kayshawn Booty, um, a lot of the a lot of controversy surrounding him and his off the field. If you don't know what I'm talking about. Go go go! Have a fun time on Twitter. I'll say it that way. Or, or um, don't. It might be better just not to. <laughs> One of the guys I enjoy watching is is Zay Flowers, Boston College wide receiver, fast, just pure unadulterated speed. Um, I think he could go. He is a little bit better than what people are giving him uh, credit for. Josh Downs, North Carolina. Drake May might miss him a lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, but this this is a very very deep group, and I think it seems like it seems like I mean we're we're talking Marvin Mims for at least a season we thought might be a top five to seven guy. He's thirteen on your on your wide receiver board, and he I remember the catch he made against Texas that was just absolutely silly, and yet he that thirteenth off the board for wide receivers is puts you at about what the maybe the third round upper high fourth round maybe i mean unless there's a run on receivers that's a pretty deep group it is and i look i might be a little lower in mims than some people but um the last two years just haven't wowed me anymore (laughs) it's it's one of those things you know a guy that falls off and is 180 pounds and it's like well what what are we going to do with them um but he's facing a lot of competition there in kind of that day two range. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, I think Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee, Rasheed Rice out of SMU, two other names that are probably going to be early day two picks that aren't fast, but are big, productive, contested catch uh, wide receivers. And then um, a guy that that's really getting a lot of buzz and he needs you know, needs to be talked about more is Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati, 5'11", 185, 4'4", speed. He carried that Cincinnati offense. It wasn't a great offense this year. Uh, so I think people are overlooking him because he was an underclassman in a G5 school. Um, but we always have one. You know, we always have one of those guys that's really good. And I think he's right up there with Rasheed Rice. Um and there's some good athletes. Tank Dell from Houston. Uh, he was next on my list. Yeah, he I mean, he's reading my mind. I, I don't know. I like. I, I don't know what to do with him. I have him pretty low. I think he's going to go much higher than I have him. But I just I don't know. Is 150 some pound receiver really going to get it done in the NFL? But he is. I mean, he he is legit. Like running routes, getting open. Um, he's going to be a divisive player as well. 
So the quarterback position, I know everyone's like, oh, my God, where's the quarterback? That's all we care about. This year has been pretty good. Um, this quarterback class is not as deep as I, as many would want to say um, I have. So just to kind of go down the list, you have C.J. Stroud, your number one, my number one. It should He should be everyone's number one. Have you not seen what he did against Everybody in the country, plus Utah last year and Georgia, he diced Georgia to yeah. pieces. If his head coach doesn't get conservative at the end, I know that one hurt. Um, he, we, we might be talking about a TCU Ohio State national title game. Uh, he's done everything. He's he's for me. He checked off a lot of boxes. Is he an athlete? A great athlete? No. Is he good enough of an athlete? Yes. Does he have the arm strength? Yes. Is Does he have the accuracy? Yes. Is he pre-snap good enough to play in this, in this, this league we call the NFL? Absolutely. We don't, I don't have any questions about his, his work ethic. Actually watching him in, in the Ohio State's pro day last year, I said, I even, I remember texting you. I said, that's his first pro day and he looks this good. Boy, what's going to happen when he's in his second pro day and he has Marvin Harrison catching the football? This is going to be crazy. I mean, I've been on him since last year, and we I knew. I just knew. But he's not the only one. Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner, undersized. Um, wherever he goes, he better have a good – they better have a good offensive line around him because while he might – he does not like to run despite being the number one dual threat quarterback coming out of high school. Um he is he has an arm, uh, but we've never seen a hundred and ninety to a hundred and ninety-five pound quarterback succeed. And then there's Will Levis. Of course, there's Will Levis, who's been everyone's darling at this point. Josh Allen comparisons. I I don't see I haven't seen it. Don't think I'll ever see it. There's Anthony Richardson, who's he's he's the apple of some. I, I've, I've seen, I would, I would go as far as saying there used to be a Florida quarterback that I take who, re, who diagnoses deep defense is better than he does. And that's Tim Tebow. And I hated Tim Tebow. Um, there's Hinden Hooker, uh, Jaron Hall, BYU. I've heard people love him. They like him. He's right. He's going up. Um, Tyson Beggett. I, I'm kind of. I'm on the fence on him. We ha- you have lots of options here. Who do you like? Uh, look, I, I obviously I like Stroud a lot, um, but I, I think the NFL is probably going to lean Bryce Young and Will Levis over Stroud. I, I think I think all three will go in the top ten. Um, but just the I don't know. We saw Stroud run a, against Georgia, mm-hmm. but it's not that he can. I think similar to Joe Burrow, right? Like when Stroud needs to run, he can. The Ohio State offense, even when Justin Fields was there, was was don't run. You know, look for the pass, look down the field. So I, I think that hurts him a little bit, and it shouldn't. I think a team will be happy to take him. Uh, Bryce Young is interesting. We've only had two quarterbacks under six feet tall drafted in the first round, Kyler Murray and Johnny Menzel. And we've only had one quarterback in NFL history drafted under 200 pounds in the first round um, who ended up bulking up a plane over that anyway so i think it is going to be interesting to see exactly where bryce young comes in but like i said you have a five-star player came in 
dominated for two years, uh, ice in his veins. I, I think the the intangibles that both Stroud and Young bring to the table are phenomenal. And I think that's what really sells you on if you can build an offense around Bryce Young, I, I think things can go really well because he can throw and he, he throws accurately. I think that's the key. Will Levis is like, I would take Will Levis at the back end of the first round, early second. I see the upside there. I wouldn't be comfortable spending a top five pick. Like it seems like it's going to happen or even a top 10 pick on him just this past year. He was beat up. had a, had a you know, worst team around him, young receivers, good receivers, but they were young making mistakes and he, he couldn't overcome that. Like you could two years ago with Wanda Robinson and uh, you know, really a much better offensive line. So I, I don't know. I, I see the upside. We have a guy six three, two thirty two. It's going to run, you know, four six, and just be be an all round weapon. But but he's just overrated to me. And I think Anthony Richardson's overrated too. Um, yeah, what, I mean, one of the worst passers early in the season that I evaluated of all these players just missing targets, not not reading defenses. He got better, and then you know his last game didn't complete a pass in the second half or whatever for pretty close to it. So I, I just, I can't take that in the top 15, even if he is six, four, two and runs a, a four five, like that's great, but you can't build an offense around it. And I think those are really the four like Kenan hooker, unfortunately being older and getting hurt, probably going to fall to day three um, Tyson Badgett. I like, but it really had an awful, uh, playoff game against Colorado School of Mines that, that knocked him down my board. I think Jake Hayner is an interesting backup in the NFL for 12 years. And, you know, Chad Henney style, just keep sticking around. But, you know, past that, I, I think it's a really tough group. Some people like Tanner McKee out of Stanford. I I, I can't do it. So um, it's not a bad group. But because everyone can go back to school, we're losing Michael Penix. We're losing Bo Nix. We're losing a lot of these good college players that you watched this year who can stay another year, weren't going to be first-round picks, so why not go back and try? Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And that n- next year's class is going to be – might be that class that you're like, mm, we can pass on a quarterback. Um, a guy that we I didn't mention, the darling of college football, I see him as a fifth, sixth, seventh-round pick and will he'll probably disappear into the football abyss at some point. Uh, because at some point, the, the everything else, you have to be able to play football at that level. Stetson Bennett, the fourth, uh, two-time national champion, Heisman Trophy candidate. I, I have to – I give him his praise, but at some point, he hits his glass ceiling. Where do you see him? I, I think he'll get drafted. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, I think, late day three. I have him rated as like a seventh-round undrafted free agent. Someone will take him higher. Um, he, he did, it seems, I don't think it's official yet. Maybe, maybe by the time this comes out, it will be, but he is getting the final senior bowl spot. Will Levis is declining and Stetson Bennett's going to take it as someone in our discord pointed out. He puts the senior in senior bowl, um, uh, with how old he is. Like when you're 25, you should be lighting up 18 year olds on defense. Like, let's be honest. Right. Um, I, and I think when you go into a league that now you're facing 25 to 30 year olds, Stetson Bennett's just not. Not going to be able to hold off. He doesn't have a bad arm, but he's still small, and his athleticism isn't going to work in the NFL. Um, so I, he's been a great college quarterback. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe 
that this year for Georgia was excellent. Um, he actually put the team on on his back at times, but he's not an NFL guy, and that's okay. Yeah, it's definitely okay to be it's, being a good college player and being a nice backup for five to seven years and then going into whatever you want to do, TV, radio, or whatever endeavor you have. There's nothing wrong with making a little bit of good cash and and then just living a decent life. There's nothing wrong with it. You you want it some at the second – can we say second highest level? It's the closest thing you, you can do to going to the NFL first off to win an SEC title, national title, and you ran through everybody. I mean, everybody. You lost one game in two years. Uh, and granted, you probably should have lost two, but that's that's what Alabama fans feel, and we'll leave it that leave it at that. I mean, it is what it is. But nonetheless, you were at the pinnacle uh, of the college game. So, um, yeah, Stetson Bennett before you've had a nice run, and, and if you're if you get drafted, you've done what many couldn't do, and if you turn it into a Brock Purdy situation, you're playing with house money. And I'm sure he'll always have a job in the Georgia Athletic Department somewhere for the rest oh, of, of course. life. So, oh, so yeah. doing just fine. Definitely, definitely. I know all the off, all the defensive people are like, "What about us? What about us?" Uh, offense sells tickets, and and, and, and in Kansas City's uh, case, it wins championships. But we, I, I have to show respect to the defensive people. So. Um, we have some names, so we'll kind of run through them real quick. Will Anderson Jr. probably could have, if he would have came out last year, he would have been the number one overall pick. Is that that's fair to say? Yeah, I mean he would have he would have been my number one rated player in last year's draft. So if it wasn't for you know, I, I think he would have been number one overall pick, and likely should be this year. We'll see how things shake out. Definitely. So we we can get that one out the way. That's a no brainer slam dunk. So Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson, who is. One of the ones that many when, when you hear edge rusher or just defensive player, you say Texas, and there's Texas Tech tagged onto his name. You say, "Hold on, wait a second. Did they was there like a, a typo there? No, 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 no. Really athletic, going to be somebody you're wanting to watch, uh, and it's out of the norm of the Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, LSU, Notre Dame, um, just wheelhouse of players that just never stop coming out i I mean i haven't seen many 275 pound guys that moves like tyree wilson does to both laterally and explosively uh up up and down the field so he's just so unique in this class i think there's a chance for him to be a top five pick um i don't know if it happens but he his athleticism he's gonna blow up the combine i think b maybe if he's healthy and runs maybe the most athletic edge rusher at that combine for his size, um, him and Miles Murphy, I think, can really jockey for position. Now, we you have to – while you have to get after the quarterback, the back end is so important. Uh, we actually had a conversation last night about some of, some players that are – for me, the key – the key term for this year is versatility. There are so many corner safety hybrid types. Uh, and then there's the real, the, the corners that I like, you know, the, the big, long arm, tall corners with names that remind me of yesteryear. <laughs> Porter Jr. being one of them, loved him from the day I saw him. I was like, oh, he's going to be he's going to be a guy. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, Oregon. Keely Ringo, who is surrounded by so much controversy when it comes to the draft community, 
Um, I, I mean, he he gives up everything, but he looks the part. He looks like Cam Chancellor, but he covers sometimes like some some like an elite corner. I'm not huge on him, but some are. Cam Smith, uh, Devin Witherspoon, who out of Illinois, who I am a big fan of. He is feisty. He likes to tackle corners that love to tackle will get drafted. I don't care if you're 5'9 or you're 6'2. If they love to tackle and play in the run game, they will always get drafted. Yeah, there there are so many corners in this class, and it's good because I think a lot of teams need them, need two, some need three. (laughs) So this is going to be the year to get it. Yeah, Devin Witherspoon at Illinois, he's rising up boards fast, could be a potential top 10 pick. Um, Deontay Banks uh, from Maryland is another him and Keely Ringo are similar, you know, six two, two Oh five. Both are going to run really well, but maybe don't have the best film. Can you coach them up and get them to what you want, want them to do? And then even guys like DJ Turner out of Michigan, uh, you have Miami player making an appearance. Tyreek Stevenson. Mm-hmm. He's getting a lot of hype. For, guy, yeah. yeah. For his, his size. So, uh, I mean, I think they're legitimately, 18 to 20 corners that I can see, you know, making a team right off the bat and making an impact. I love the defensive backfield. Uh, Brian Branch is one of my favorites. One, he was a fingertip, a fingertip away from allowing an old Miss upset, but he is one of the more versatile guys. I think maybe he might be a New England Patriot one day. I'm not trying to show my fandom or anything, but if he does, I wouldn't be too upset with it. Antonio Johnson, uh, Texas A&M, got a chance to see him against my Hurricanes. Loved him. Uh, he is one of the more versatile guys. A guy we talked about last night, Chris Smith the uh, second from Georgia. I think he could be a first-round corner, and he's a safety. I mean, there is so much versatility out there. Uh, from the from the safety position. And I think you have to be. The days of, oh, I'm a free safety, I play deep middle, and that's it, are over. Oh, I'm a strong safety, I fit in the box. You better be able to cover a tight end. You better be able to cover a slot receiver. Because if you can't, you are not going to have a job. And that's why I think guys like Brian Branch and Chris Smith are going to be valued because they can cover one-on-one they both Smith and Branch have been doing it in the slot and playing corner, like you said, in a lot of these circumstances. I want that guy to play safety. Um, and I also think it's why it gives JL Skinner the safety from Boise, 6'4, 220. He's that old school in the box safety, but he can cover tight ends. And I think there are so many teams that don't have a safety that can cover tight ends right now. And that's a big problem area for defenses. JL Skinner can do it day two. Like, look, I'm, you know, I'm playing against Travis Kelsey twice a year. Uh, give me give me a 220-pound guy that can get physical with him. Um, so I, I think it gets interesting. And I also like Brandon Joseph at Notre Dame, the former Northwestern safety that transferred. Didn't have the best year this year. I think the transition to a new defense was a little tough for him. Um, but he started to come on late as kind of a, a free safety, you know, zone-heavy safety. We'll see how the NFL values that ultimately. Uh, once again, a, a pretty good safety group, but a lot of them are really good coverage players, which is different than we've seen in the past. Now, I don't get into special teams when it comes to this, but after seeing what I saw against TCU in the in the semifinal, I have to say this. I got to do it. Jake Moody, Michigan. He's the only one that gets any kind of recognition here. 
He didn't even get a senior bowl invite. Which makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I, know. I mean, he walked onto the field at half, going into the half. Oh, this is like a 50-9 yarder. And he drilled it with ease. I mean, and, and so for, for full context, so when I watch national championship, really any football game, one, I don't watch with sound, and two, I want all 22 or some kind of other camera angle. Well, they had – ESPN had their – uh, their overhead camera. And so you can see, you could see this kick and I'm like, it's going up, it's going up. It's not coming down. And I'm like, oh, he's got it. And then I text you and I said, hold on. Is he really this good? And then I had to go back. I don't look at kickers at all. <laughs> I don't look at kickers at all, but I am impressed by Jake Moody. He has an absolute cannon for a leg. Could he go higher than many think? I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I the the fact that he didn't get a senior bowl invite is like weird to me, and makes me think maybe I'm off here. Now, Chad Ryland from Maryland is the basically the kicker that took his place because you know if you're in the senior bowl, you're gonna take Georgia's. If Georgia or Alabama have a kicker that's even worth half a damn, then you're gonna take them just for the hype. So Jake Pudzelsny gets in there, but. Uh, I mean, Chad Ryland has, he's like kickoff God. He kicks it in the end zone every single time. So, so, you know, I wonder, I think, but I think Jake Moody, I think we start looking fifth, sixth, seventh round. I I do think he gets drafted um, because that big leg this year was not quite as good as last year. I I mean, I thought last year he was, he was phenomenal. He made almost every kick Um, this year. They set him up for a lot of those long ones that he they missed, but he definitely has the leg. So yeah, I'm I'm in on both those guys. I think both Moody and Ryland can get uh, can get drafted here. For this is the one and only time we talk kickers. So Shane, I promise you, we, we will never get into what? kickers ever again. Oh no, it's fine. Look, we've got a long snapper. I think's going to draft. If you want to go there, right? Alex Ward from UCF. Let's let's you know. <laughs> like Shane, you get deep into it, and I love the draft. You love, I love it. You love it. I've always known you're you're my go-to. I know everyone that some people love their their ESPN people, their PFF people. I go to DraftCountdown.com. I've always gone here. This is my source for some of the best. And then even you, sometimes you, you drop a jewel on me and say, hey, go check that guy out. I'm like, oh, okay, let me let me, let me me go through that real quick. And they tend to be pretty good players. So, again, Shane, it's always been great having you on. I definitely want to have you on with more throughout uh, this draft process. Before we get out of here, I do have one question for you. You got it. If you had, if you, if your team, let's say, well, I'll say this. Put your GM hat on one time. You're the Houston Texans GM with what you have right now. The Houston Texans are on the clock. Who are you taking? Yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to assume, I don't know. We could say we traded up to number one, I guess. That's <laughs> so I get the choice of everyone. Um, Ultimately, because uh, I think the Bears now having the number one pick throws a wrench in it a little bit. But mm-hmm. if it was me, I, I would take C.J. Stroud at number two. Um, I, it's not going to happen. They'll they'll take Bryce Young and Will Levis over him. But I I, I think C.J. Stroud embodies. I need a quarterback. You don't have it. This might be your one chance to get it for one. As good as Will Anderson is, and he's my top rated player. Give me the quarterback. Um, and I think Stroud has a little bit of everything. He can move in the pocket. We've seen him throw some absolute NFL passes every single game. Uh, he has 
good enough size for this year. Uh, he has the arm. And now that we saw him run around a little bit and use some of that, you know, pocket movement in against Georgia, I, I just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how you take a Will Levis over him who failed against Georgia every time. I would take Stroud. I'll, I'll bet on both Stroud and Young to be pretty good. When in doubt, go get your franchise quarterback. Figure the rest out later. Smart man. Shane, let the fans know where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, follow uh, me on Twitter. Plug on yeah. Yeah, Twitter at JP Hallam, uh, draftcountdown.com. You can also subscribe to the Draft Countdown podcast. Uh, Brian, my other managing partner, and I do a podcast every week. Uh, we broke down the Bears, the number one overall pick last week, uh, what they their options are. And then um, if you're, you listen to this, you're probably at Debbie Marketplace. You're probably already subscribed, but head over to our Discord. Hop in there. You can join the Secret Shopper program and help uh, support this podcast and, and ours. Make sure you guys go follow Shane. He is a he has a wealth of NFL draft knowledge. He may be a Steelers fan. He may be an Ohio State fan. And you know how we feel about those Ohio State guys over here at the College Football Overdrive. Alumni. Uh, yeah, alumni. Mm. Uh, at least I got the degree from there, at least. So I'm not at least, fan. yes. And wagon Ohio State fan, right? Okay. 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 You know, I, I, I like I, to make that distinction. Just to, I have to see. Like I, I have a love hate relationship. You know why? <laughs> you will never get away with this. I I'm still throwing the yellow. I, I I still it was it was it wasn't a catch, and it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't pi, it wasn't dpi. Just saying. Um, but make sure you go follow the show on Twitter at uh, College Football Overdrive. Make sure you go follow me on Twitter at Fred Produce CFB. For my partner in crime, Rick Brown, make sure you go follow him on Twitter at Rick Brown 91 Shane, it has been great having you on the talk draft. We will update the fans on their draft prospects, what their teams are doing a little bit later in the process. And again, sir, you are always a friend of the show. Oh, thanks for having me, friend. Love it. All right, folks, we will be we will update you again on everything in the world of college football going forward on the next episode of the College Football Overdrive podcast. But until then, stay safe and peace.